एवरी वन सोयर इज द लास्ट गर्ल बाय नादिया मुराद पार्ट टू चैप्टर एट आई होप यू आर गोइंग टू लाइक इट सो लेट्स गेट स्टार्टेड चैप्टर एट ओवर द पास्ट थ्री ईयर्स आई हैव हियर अ लॉट ऑफ स्टोरीज अबाउट अदर इजीदी वीमेन हु वर कैप्चर्ड एंड इंसलेवड बाई आई एस आई एस फॉर द मोस्ट पार्ट वी वर ऑल विक्टिम्स ऑफ द सेम वायलेंस we would be bought at the market or given as a gift to a new recruit or a high ranking commander and then taken back to his home where we would be raped and humiliated most of us beaten as well then we would be sold or given as a gift again and again raped and beaten then sold or given to another militant and raped and beaten by him and sold or given and raped and beaten and it went this way for as long as we were desirable enough and not yet dead if we tried to escape we would be punished severely as haji salman had warned me isis hung our photos at checkpoints and residents in mosul were instructed to return slaves to the nearest islamic state center they were told there was a 5000 dollar reward if they did the rape was the worst part it stripped us of our humanity and made thinking about the future returning to the society marrying having children being happy impossible we wished they would kill us instead isis knew how devastating it was for an unmarried isidi girl to convert to islam and lose her virginity and they used our worst fears that our community and religious leaders would not welcome us back against us try to escape it does not matter haji salman would tell me even if you make it home your father or your uncle will kill you you are no longer a virgin and you are muslim women tell stories about how they fought against their attackers how they tried to beat away the men who were much stronger than them although they could never have overtaken the militants who were determined to rape them their fight allowed them to feel better after the fact There is not one time that we let them do it quietly they say i would resist i would hit i would spit on his face i would do anything i heard of one girl who penetrated herself with a bottle so that she would no longer be a virgin when her militant came for her and others who tried to light themselves on fire after they were free they were able to say proudly that they scratched so hard at their captor's arm that they drew blood or they brushed his cheek while he was raping them at least i did not let him do whatever he wanted they would say and every gesture no matter how small was a message to isis that they did not truly own them of course it was the voices of the women who were not there who had killed themselves rather than be raped that spoke the loudest I have never admitted this to anyone but I did not fight back when Haji Salman or anyone else came to rape me I just closed my eyes and wished for it to be over people tell me all the time oh you are so brave you are so strong and I hold my tongue but I want to correct them and tell them that while other girls punched and bit their attackers I only cried I am not brave like them I want to say but I worry what people would think of me sometimes it can feel like all that anyone is interested in when it comes to the genocide is the sexual abuse of yazidi girls and they want a story of a fight i want to talk about everything the murder of my brothers the disappearance of my mother the brainwashing of the boys not just the rape or maybe i am still scared of what people will think 
it took a long time before i accepted that just before i did not fight back the way some other girls did it does not mean i approved of what the men were doing with me before i sis came i considered myself a brave and honest person whatever problems i had whatever mistakes i made i would confess them to my family i told them this is who i am and i was ready to accept their reactions as long as i was with my family i could face anything but without my family captive in mosul i felt so alone that i barely felt human something inside me died haji salman's house was full of guards so i went upstairs immediately about a half hour later one of the guards hosam came in with a dress some makeup and a hair removal cream Salman said you have to take a shower and prepare yourself before he comes he said and then he went back downstairs leaving the things on the bed I took a shower and did what Hossam said using the cream to remove all the hair from my feet to my underarms it was a brand my mother had often given me to use and I always hated it preferring to use the sugar wax sugar wax popular in the middle east The cream had a strong chemical smell that made me feel dizzy in the bathroom I noticed that the my period had in fact stopped Next I put on the dress Hossam left for me it was black and blue with a short skirt falling above the knees and only thin straps over the shoulders there was a bra inside so I did not have to wear one it was a type of party dress i would see on television not modest enough for kocho or in fact for mosul it was the kind of dress a wife wore only for her husband putting it on i stood in front of the bathroom mirror i knew that if i did not wear any makeup i would be punished so i looked through the pile that hosam had left for me normally catherine and i would have been thrilled at the new makeup which was a brand i recognized and could very rarely afford we would have stood in front of the bedroom mirror painting our eyelids different colors surrounding our eyes with thick lines of kohal and covering our freckles with foundation at haji salman's house i could barely stand to look at myself in the mirror i put on some pink lipstick and eye makeup just enough i hope to avoid being bitten i looked in a mirror for the first time since leaving kocho before when i had put on makeup i always felt that when i finished i looked like another person and i had loved that the possibility of transforming but that day at haji salman's i did not feel that i looked any different no matter how much lipstick i wore the face in the mirror reflected exactly what i had been turned into a slave a sabaya who at any moment was going to be a prize for a terrorist i sat down on the bed and waited for the door to open 40 minutes later i heard the guards outside greet my capture and then haji salman came into the room he was not alone but the men who were with him stayed in the hallway as soon as i saw him i collapsed trying to shrink into a ball so that he could not touch me like a child assalamu alaikum haji salman said to me and looked me up and down he seemed surprised that i had dressed up as he had asked i had other sabaya who i had to sell after a few days he said they did not do what i asked them you did a good job i'm happy he said approvingly and then he left and closed the door behind him leaving me feeling exposed and ashamed 
It was early evening when the door opened again. This time Hossein peered into the room. Haji Salman wants you to bring tea to the guest, he said. How many are there? Who are they? I did not want to leave the room dressed as I was, but Hossein refused to answer. Just come, he said, and hurry, the men are waiting. For a moment, I had hoped that the rape was not going to happen that night. He is just going to give me to one of these men, I said to myself, and I walked downstairs to the kitchen. One of the guards had prepared the tea, pouring the strong reddish-brown liquid into small glass cups and arranging them around a dish of white sugar and left it on a tray on the stairs. I picked up the tray and brought it into the living room where a group of militants sat on plus couches. Salam alaikum, I said as I entered, then walked through the room, placing teacups on small tables set up by the man's knees. I could hear them laughing and speaking a distinctly Syrian Arabic, but I could not pay attention to what they were saying. My hand shook as I served the tea. I could feel them looking at my bare shoulders and legs. The ascent in particular scared me. I was still sure that at some point they would take me out of Iraq. Syrian soldiers are so terrible, one of the men said, and the others laughed. They just give up quickly. They are so scared. I remembered, said Haji Salman, they gave their country to us so easily, almost as easily as Sinjar. That last comment was for me, and I hoped I did not show how much it hurt to hear me. Hear it. I held out a cup of tea toward Haji Salman, put it on the table, he said, without looking at me. I went back to the hallway, where I sat cowering and waiting. After twenty minutes, the men got up, and when they had all left the house, Haji Salman came to see me holding an abaya. It's time to pray, he said, cover yourself up so we can pray together. I could not recite the words, but I knew the movements of the Islamic prayer, and I stood next to him trying to mimic exactly what he was doing so that he would be satisfied and not hurt me. Back in the room, he turned on some religious songs, then went into the bathroom. When he came back, he turned off the music, and the room was silent again. Take off your dress, he said as he had the night before, and he took off his clothes. Then he came to me as he had said he would. Each moment was terrifying. If I pulled away, he roughly pulled me back. He was loud enough for the guards to hear. He shouted as if he wanted all of Mosul to know, to know that he was finally raping his sabaya, and no one interfered. His touch was exaggerated, forceful, mean to hurt me. No man, no man ever touched his wife like this. Haji Salman was as big as a house, as big as the house we were in, and I was like a child crying out for my mother. Thank you for joining me. I hope you like it.